Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the Leadership Strategist. Tonight's guest, retired educator, Dr. John Russell Garris. Hey, what you drink? Okay, we are heading into a conversation that is going to be for the ages. Uh, I, I'm just going to tell you right now that this is going to be for the ages. And actually, this is the vision of what a whiskey, jazz, and leadership conversation was actually built on. Uh, because not only am I going to be speaking with someone who has deep, deep knowledge of jazz. I mean, and someone who I consider to be one of the premier leaders uh, that has actually, you know, studied leadership from an education standpoint, from a nonprofit standpoint, from a business stand, uh, segment standpoint. But he is probably one of the few people that I have shared some brown liquor with on occasion <laughs> because it was such a special occasion. And with that, I want to invite Dr. John Russell Garris into the room. Uh, welcome, welcome to this conversation. Dr. Garris, JR, welcome to the conversation. Pleased to be with you, my brother. <laughs> Well, hey, we we got a lot we got a lot of a uh, lot to get into because it's been a while since we've shared some brown liquor or the liquors of the gods, as I like to call it. It's been a while since we've shared it, uh, so we've got a lot of catching up to do. But so I got a lot of questions for you. My audience knows that that the conversation really doesn't start until we get an answer to this question. So here we go. So what you drinking? Well, right now it's. Um... Woodford Reserve, double oaked. But let me tell you, I drink for effect. I look for the altered state. And for me, I'm, I'm not a beer drinker. I'm not into wine. Gin, vodka, mesquite, white lightning, bourbon, scotch, uh, tequila. <laughs> It's got alcohol. I'm good. All right. All right. Well, you know, we're going to I'm, I'm going to go back to one of our original conversations. And I've talked about this on this uh, on this podcast before. Uh, you know, some may remember me talking about going to visit my father-in-law in his in his New York house 
and he broke out at the time uh, this this bourbon whiskey called Hill Rock, and he offered it to me, and he made a big deal about it, and so I I, I tasted it. And I enjoyed it. That was polite, but you know, my 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 taste buds weren't mature enough at that point to really appreciate it. So I was being polite until I happened to taste this a few months ago, and I was like, oh, oh my, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was embarrassed at my younger self that I didn't appreciate it then. Since I've got my father-in-law here with me now, I'm going to break out some Hill Rock one more time. I'm going to open this up and I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to relive that moment the right way. Tell you how, I don't know, did I tell you how I even found out about Hill Rock? Let, 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 me, pour, let me pour a glass and then you can tell me about this. I'm going to pour, pour me some of this. And now, yeah, please explain how you found out about Hill Rock, and we're going to get into this conversation. All right. Now, I've had several major visits to um, places they call hospitals. And in one of them, when I had my hip replacement, the uh, rehab facility was right down the street from this liquor store in New York. Big store. I mean, it had three stories. So I walked in, you know, they always had a very attractive display, bottles, you know, the different colors and the sun playing off of it and all of that kind of stuff. And so I went in and I was looking for Pappy. So I talked to the owner, you know, but I didn't know he was the owner at the time. So I asked him, um, I said, you know, I was looking for some Pappy. He said, have you ever tasted it? I said, no, I just heard it was a good bourbon. He said, look. I own this store and I'm a drinker. He said, and I mean, it was a big store. He said, but look, I'm going to tell you. He said, Pappy, he said, it's good. But he said, it's a boutique brand. He said, now, if you're into really want a good bourbon, he said, look, this is made right here in New York. He said, not many people know about it. He said, you ought to try a bottle. That's how I really found out about it. Since that time, that was about, Seven years ago, eight years ago now, um, more people have found out about it. The price has steadily gone up on it. You know? It's nice. It's nice. I mean, and that, that seems to be a reoccurring theme with all of the whiskeys and bourbons that I like. People find out about it and then the price goes crazy. <laughs> I wish, I really wish folks would just leave my stuff alone. But let me tell you, the last time I was out to visit there in Missouri, I had forgotten I had an open bottle of Pappy. So I came back to the house. I was looking through my liquor cabinet for something. I said, Dad, I forgot this was in here. So I put the Hill Rock and the Pappy. I was surprised. The Hill Rock knocked it out. I mean, there's no competition. It's a smoother, mellower. Uh, it just goes down nice. Now, I don't know about the smell and all that other stuff, but it's 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 good. I, I always keep a couple of bottles in the house and only for select persons. And now I know if, if I take it out and a person wants to mix it, 
I said, no, 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 not with this, not with this. <laughs> I got this other bottle if you want to mix. There's this other bottle over here. <laughs> yeah, you got to be selective. I mean, there's a couple things that I have. First of all, first of all, uh, some people say that um, you are supposed to collect your whiskeys and you're not supposed to open them. You're supposed to catalog them. And I, I believe that's a bunch of hooey because every bottle I have, I think I might have two bottles that I have not opened, but every bottle that I have uh, is open. It's been tested. It's been tried. It is true. And, and if it's not, then that bottle's time is coming, right? It's just It just hasn't made the rotation yet. Uh, because I'd be doggone if I'm going to pass over to the other side and somebody else drink my good liquor. I'm gonna drink every. <laughs> I used to say, I used to say, if it's true that I've got to go, and you've heard that I've passed over, then open up the casket and soak that bad boy because I want to take my liquor with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna leave some behind. I told them leave some behind for you and Monique. All right, I all right. Got them set aside. Okay, so now, 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 you are again one of the few people that I have known personally that uh, would take their music very, very seriously. And I, you know, I learned I learned a lot from our times together. And uh, you know, you you really invested in making sure that if you were supposed to hear it one way that you heard it that one way so you invested in your stereo equipment you invested in your vinyl you've got an incredible cd collection so you're the person to talk to about jazz now now for me uh jazz has a uh, relatively specific sound to it based upon how i was introduced to it now for me i was introduced to jazz through Eddie Harris and Les McCann. And much like I shared with you about Hill Rock, when I first heard it, uh, I must have been five or six or seven years old. And I did not appreciate, I, I actually did not appreciate jazz music. It, it was not until I got much, much older that uh, I, I really found what those artists were trying to communicate in their musical instruments, and I've become to, uh, I've come to uh, enjoy it a lot more. What does jazz music mean to you? What's what's that significance for you? Honestly, Galen, um, I'm not a musician, and for me, I uh, there were there were a couple of experiences, and again, I I didn't get really into jazz till after I was out of college, maybe even grad school. Again, I, I went the route that most of us go that are not musicians. You know, I, I like popular music, rock and roll, blues. And then I think in college, I, I began to be around guys who uh, understood the music. And really, for me, it was just beats or sounds that I was attracted to. And honestly, some of it initially was, was image. I mean, I, I had a cousin 
who I thought was super cool. <laughs> Marvin, I thought was, and he, you know, this was before stereos. He had a record player. And Marvin was a couple of years older than me, maybe five, 10 years old than me. And I remember going by to visit him. And um, he was playing jazz. You know, he, 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 he was cool. He was cool. He was cool. He was handsome. He was a ladies' man. <laughs> you know, that's it, dad. You know, that was really the start. Then um, I think the first, one of the first jazz albums I bought was um, Theonius Monk at Town Hall. Mm-hmm. Now, I just bought it because it looked good. You know, I, I really didn't know what I was getting, to be honest. I didn't understand him. I didn't really like the music. <laughs> to me, I didn't like his. I'm, I'm not a Theonius Smoke guy, but he's phenomenal. I mean, he, there was a guy I worked with who um, was an accomplished musician who was telling me about, he, he knew a lot of those guys, personally knew them. He's telling me about Theonius Monk. He said, look, man, when Theonius was 13, he said, his teacher told he said, look, I can't teach you anymore. You know more than I do already. He told me about um, uh, Lee Morgan. Uh, he, he talked about a lot of guys. And, and he said, look, man, he said, talked about Miles. He talked about Coltrane. And, you know, at that time, um, some of the jazz musicians had gotten into drugs for different reasons. And uh, he said, look, man, he said, Coltrane, he said, Coltrane couldn't hang with Miles. He said, but he, in, in, not in terms of music, but in terms of drugs. He said, man, Miles, Miles was just out there. And he said, Coltrane just wasn't that kind of guy. He said, Coltrane was just a deeply spiritual person. He said, most people don't realize that about it. And he was trying to find something. Then I remember, honestly, this is a long story. Now, <laughs> and I'm trying to make it short. There was this girl that I had a crush on. I mean, I was crazy about Elsie. Elsie Blackshear was her name. And man, at that time, all right, I was going to school in New York. And you had um, the City University of New York. Elsie and she had a brother who was my age, uh, Leonard, both of them were off the charts. At that time, they had this, what they called SP, special progress, which meant that in the junior high, you could complete three years in two years. What was she and her brother in that? They were different ages. Then when we got over to the high school, man, they had taken every math class in the high school by their junior year. Mm. Every math class they had. And uh, they were both accepted. Elsie went to, it was one of the colleges in the City University of New York. Backing up, so I'm trying to make an impression on her. And her brother and I hit it off. So we, we'd gone to this jazz club, Birdland. Mm. And um, Coltrane was there. And he was playing my favorite things. I remember that. You know, I, I liked it. I said, damn, it's pretty good. Then I'm jumping ahead of couple of years when I get to graduate school, Les McCann, found out about him. And so gradually through a couple of guys' houses, I would go by and started getting into stereo and had gone by the lumberyard trying to make my own stereo system. And I met this guy 
who made speakers. He said, man, he said, look, young brother, I'm, 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 come on over to my house. I'm, I'll make you some speakers. He made some speakers. I had those speakers until, let's see, after Michigan, we went to Indiana. Then we went to Connecticut. I had them when we first got to Connecticut. Then I met this guy, Mark Levinson. I don't know how Mark and I met, but anyway, we met. Mark is considered, anybody that knows high-end stereo knows the name Mark Levinson. Mark is considered to be the father of high-end stereo. So we we got together and found out Mark was, um, when I first met him, Mark was playing the sitar. So I go by his house, you know, we talking and he's telling me, then he had a flugelhorn. Then he had um, some esoteric piano. I mean, and I'm talking to Mark. You know, we got to know each other. And Mark was Mark was a different kind of guy. Mark was a vegetarian. And so we started talking, and he's telling me about uh, jazz. And he played with Coltrane. And, I mean, that, that wowed me when he said that. He said, but look, Russ, he said, you got to understand. He said, Coltrane was the kind of guy that anybody could play with him. He said, so when people tell you they played with Coltrane, he said, that don't mean anything because Coltrane, Coltrane played with anybody. Hmm. Like uh, Ringo Starr in the Beatles. Ringo played, played with anybody. Anybody want to play? Yeah, 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 come on up, come on up and play. He said, that's, that's the way Coltrane was. So he said, yeah, I played with Coltrane. You told me about, um, it was the drummer that played with him. Um, Elvin Hayes, Elvin Hayes, he said, Russ, he said, look, man, he said, Elvin was a bad, bad drummer. He said, man, he was hell on women and he was into drugs. He said, every time you see Elvin, he, he, he zonked out, but he could play them drums. And, you know, then there were just different things that I heard. Mark was making this high-end stereo stuff. I mean, Mark's system at that time, this was back in the, in the mid early eighties. I mean, I, you know, I, I was into trying to make a world a better place. Mark was into music and money and women. And Mark's system cost more than a house cost. I mean, it is $200,000 for his stereo system. And this is in the, and this is in the eighties. This was in the eighties. This is in the eighties. And Mark components on his system were stuff they used in the, um, in the rockets going to the moon, man. He had sophisticated stuff. I met his electrical engineer, Tom Colangelo. Tom was the stereotypically looking genius, mad genius. I mean, you know, his hair all over the place. Uh, looked at you kind of funny, but I mean, with electronic stuff, electronic circuits, he was a genius. He is a genius. He put all this stuff together. So anyway, that's how I got that system that you saw. But getting back into the jazz, it was just things that I liked. It was a beat. It was a sound. I mean, like I said, I'm not a trained musician. My second wife uh, is a trained musician. And I had took her to the store one day to listen to the stereo, uh, lyric stereo. I remember. And I told her to bring something that she was familiar with. And she played it. I, I don't remember what the, what the um, components were, 
But she sat down and she listened. She said, I've heard things I've never heard in my life. And she's a trained classical musician. So, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, that that's really getting uh, into an area that we're, we're going to talk about this definition. We're going to talk about the similarities between whiskey, jazz, and leadership. But one of the things I heard you say that I can absolutely identify with is you said, I listen to what I like. <laughs> and I'll tell you the same thing for me with, with, with whiskey. Uh, we, we just had Scott Sanders on who, who owns a distillery and, you know, he was breaking down the difference between whiskeys and the mash bill to make it bourbon and the peat mash and all of that stuff and, and great education. But quite honestly, I, I just drink what I like. <laughs> and if I don't like it, I'm not going to drink it. And if you do like it, that's what I require that you drink. I require that you drink what you like. Um, and let me tell you another piece on that. I don't know if you remember when, when you and Monique were first married. And for me, I got so into it that one of the things I said, Sean had one, Monique had one. I said, they're going to have an unusually good sound system. That's going to be my gift to them. So gave Sean one, gave Monique one. And I remember when Monique told me, she said, Dad, you know, um, Galen is, is, is into vinyl. I said, vinyl? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, um, he understands. <laughs> he, he understands. <laughs> he understands. I said, wow. I said, I got to talk to him. I got to talk to him. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.